This is Megan Grady, and you're listening to I Think It's Brave. Welcome to the second podcast version of I Think It's Brave. I know it seems like everyone had an extremely slow start to the week, so hopefully Wednesday is picking up. The weather is honestly awful. If you watched The Bachelorette last night, please let me know because I'm sure that even though I'm recording this before it aired, there's going to be a lot to discuss. But in the meantime, if you haven't read it already, I hope you enjoy the following newsletter that is about my rewatching one of my favorite movies from 2013. Enjoy. I think it's brave to embrace your googliness. Volume 15. Sunday movie night. Last week, my dad got shoulder surgery, and one of the things that came from that was the rediscovery of the movie The Internship after he joked about his doctor needing a post-procedure cold one. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend. It is one of my family's favorites. The scene most commonly referred to in our household can be found in Volume 15's written form of my newsletter. Side note, it is the most clicked-on link I have ever had in my newsletters in the past 15 weeks, so I am slowly learning what you guys like. I was with Aiden on Sunday night. The Giants game was over, the Lakers had won, and he had never seen the movie. I had free reign over the remote, which meant only one thing. The Internship is a Vince Vaughn, Owen Wilson movie, which is an immediate draw for anyone who is a fan of Redding Crashers. So basically everybody. (laughs) Their on-screen chemistry is unmatched, so much so that at points you don't know if they are scripted or just riffing off one another. They play a team of watch salesmen in 2013 who have become completely obsolete as everyone just uses their phones to check the time now. When they are forced to figure out what comes next in their careers, Vince Vaughn's character finagles them an interview for an internship at Google. I won't spoil the movie too much if you haven't seen it, though it is one of those that you can predict for the most part as the story unfolds. Vaughn and Wilson's characters have zero computer skills, lied on their resumes, and have to use the public library for their Zoom-like interviews because their personal computers don't have webcams. After a hilarious conversation with the recruiters, which is the scene plugged above, they are actually considered as diversity candidates because the intern class is made up of college seniors, the age of whom is less than the amount of years experience Vaughn and Wilson both have. Thus, they are accepted, and the summer begins. Not surprisingly, their age and lack of both coding experience and technological know-how makes them outcasts almost immediately. Your heart aches for them, as we all know the feeling of wanting so badly to find your home in a foreign place. Knowing that without that home, you could likely fail. I always think when I watch the movie, Thank God they have each other. Look up, Google pun intended. Even though it is a comedy, a lot of scenes are actually pretty thought-provoking. 
Vaughn and Wilson's characters act as mentors to their young teammates, who warm to them after a wild night out in San Francisco. What is clear is that they are all outcasts and have developed their own ways of coping with it. One kid, Stuart, played by Dylan O'Brien, who is just so adorable, stood out as especially relevant to this day. The kid cannot stop staring at his phone. Mind you, this is in 2013, when Instagram was still a feed of amateur filters and Snapchat was barely two years old, so the idea of phone addiction was not yet as pertinent. Nonetheless, Stewart spends the first half of the movie looking down, void of natural human emotion, which makes him come off like an apathetic, sarcastic asshole. If you have watched The Social Dilemma, you will understand how much smartphones have taken over every aspect of our lives. If you haven't watched it, you probably still are aware, but don't feel the need to watch a Netflix documentary about that. And I get it. Even seven years ago, Vaughn recognized the issue enough to tackle it with the main character of his screenplay. The ease at which we can get sucked in, at which the phone becomes a shield, is something that needs to be acknowledged. And the movie does so in a way that is not pejorative. Rather, the lesson becomes, look at all you are missing out on when you are looking down. Allowing Stuart to make the decision for himself, he quickly sees he has been missing out on a lot. And his personality starts to shine a bit brighter. While the phone still stays in hand within the Google compound, Stuart is able to better determine when it can provide value and when real life deserves his full attention. Without pounding you over the head with it, it really is a nuanced part of the storyline that I appreciated watching once again. To be reminded of the importance of experiencing life beyond a screen is essential for all of us. Even during the pandemic, when I feel there has not been much to experience, the world itself is something to experience all on its own. We don't necessarily need to be doing something memorable to soak it all in. Define Googliness. The other concept that hit home for me was this idea of Googliness. In the past four months, I have applied to a lot of roles and spoken to a lot of people about my background and the qualifications for which they are looking. At times, I have become downtrodden by my inability to secure a spot, even though I do realize that four months is not a long period of time in the grand scheme of things. Rewatching the internship, I was reminded that qualifications don't necessarily get you past the finish line, but instead it comes down to fit. It is beneficial to be reminded that the company where I get hired will understand what I personally bring to the table. They will, in a sense, recognize my own googliness. It's a quality that is, quote, hard to define but easy to spot. And it will differ depending on the company culture. Sometimes I just won't have their definition of it. And that is okay. Whenever I receive a rejection email, I remind myself of my favorite quote. My heart is at ease knowing that what is meant for me will never miss me, and that what misses me was never meant for me. There will eventually be a place for me, and I will receive a job there for a reason. I cannot get caught up in the fact that there are people out there who are more qualified than I am for certain jobs I have not received. I cannot believe that I am not good enough because the company did not choose me. Instead, I must try to focus on the belief that everything happens for a reason. 
and if I was the best fit, then I would have gotten the job. The best fit will present itself eventually if I continue to lean into who I am and my unique abilities, experience, and passion. These last 15 weeks, wow, writing, I think it's brave, has given me the ability to lean into my own googliness. It has allowed me the platform to be unfiltered in my thoughts and connect with people about subjects I find important. During the week, I find myself searching for inspiration, and some weeks are harder than others, I'll admit. But what has surprised me, and something I am extremely proud of, is that I always find something upon which to muse. I am leaning in fully to something I used to do privately, and it is helping me develop a stronger and more confident voice, which is translating to my job search and the rest of my life. I am having more honest conversations and am trying to be open to differing opinions. I am speaking my own feelings of hurt and disappointment when I might have otherwise kept it to myself. It is encouraging to think that the months I have spent job hunting have bolstered me to be the best employee possible wherever I land. I know they will appreciate me for everything I can bring to the table, including I think it's brave, and that is something worth holding out for. If you've made it to the end, you got some special thoughts this week. I'm recording this on Tuesday afternoon, and it's been a couple hours since I released the newsletter this morning. And I just wanted to talk a little about one of the responses that I received from an old friend. She is one of my favorite people to receive comments from. But today, this morning, she sent me a response to the newsletter saying that she has started a two-hour screen time challenge. I was talking to my mom about it because we read the email together, and my mom's first reaction was, how are we defining screen time? She's like, does writing this very thoughtful email count towards your two-hour challenge mark or are you just using your phone because for being honest we have screens everywhere television screens computer screens phone screens people have ipads kindles it's there's endless options of how to get screen time in throughout the day but she responded saying that she's just using her phone two hours on your phone a day may not seem like a difficult thing but I feel like everyone would have a very hard time doing it. I myself am going to try starting tomorrow because I already had hit the two-hour mark, (laughs) embarrassingly, um, just at the beginning of the day. But it definitely does make you more mindful, and that's kind of what I was hoping to portray in today's, well, yesterday's if you're listening, Wednesday, newsletter, is that it doesn't have to be, as the word I used was pejorative, like it doesn't have to be something that annoys you to hear. It doesn't have to be something coming from your parents, but it can just be a subtle reminder, like you're missing a lot by just staring at your phone. And I think what I learned um, from speaking to this friend is that there's a lot that she gets done during the day because she's not on her phone and it makes her very aware of what's going on and her mind is thinking a little more clearly and 
So I definitely want to try to see how my body does. Um, it's similar to the Social Dilemma documentary, which I spoke about in the newsletter this week. Um, if you watched it, there's a boy who says that he can not use his phone for one week and he is unable to do it. His body, you know, is physically attracted back to the phone itself and the notifications and all of the information that is being given to him through that screen. So it's something that definitely has become addictive. Um, the Social Dilemma documentary speaks about that as well, how it's almost like playing the slots or you're conditioned basically in the bottom stem of your brain to think that there's always new information when you refresh a feed. There's always something to consume. But it's definitely something that I have tried to be more aware of. Um, I've read a lot of books this year because I feel like being on screens can sometimes feel like I'm wasting time during a time where time is flying. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I feel like it's a universal feeling right now with the amount of reading that my friends have been doing as well. You just kind of want to use the time that you have productively which I talked about last week as well. But at the same time, I just wanted to say thank you to those of you who have been very engaged subscribers and engaged readers. I know that sometimes I can get caught up with the fact that the comments and the likes that I receive are more private DMs and emails and text messages versus being publicly displayed on my website analytics and I'm not trying to monetize this. I'm not trying to use it to further a writing career that I don't have. So I definitely have to keep that in mind. And all of the comments that you guys send my way really mean more than you can ever know. It's really scary to put yourself out there like I've been doing, but at the same time, it gets easier every week. And yeah, I just really appreciate it, and I know that the platform that I've been using to record the audio version of my newsletter, people have appreciated because it is very hands-off approach, but if you have any feedback for me, please let me know. I'm literally so open to anything any of you have to say, especially if you've made it to this point on the podcast, quote-unquote podcast. Um you are a real one, and I love you, and I appreciate you. And I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.